This is a HeadGum Podcast. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, Hufflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Hi, I'm Olivia Kennedy, but some people call me Liv. Yes, <laughs> that's been the best one so far. Liv. Come on, you got this. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. Uh, We're on track. Someone who found that very funny. <laughs> I think it was the high. Uh, it's the high that's why. funny, right? It's the high that is funny. It was yeah, the high. It was so enthusiastic, but I also was just I was like, like, I knew I was going to nail it. It's new. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad that someone's finally matching my energy with these intros. That's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. So it. thank you, Liv. Thank you. I think Liv. we should start with Liv saying hi, and then you. Say hello. And then just I say hello. Really bright. Hi. And then I say me. And then I intro live. Or you say hello, halflings. And then it's hi. If you like, as if the halflings sure, are responding. That's the time to have the extra hi. Yeah, yeah to have it. To, is it the re- halflings are responding through live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spirit of the halflings. Uh, but who the hell are you, uh, man? In the I. Yes, Luke? I am uh, Jeremy Cobb. I've been here the whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. But Andrew Coons from the first watch calls me Jerominus Caboratory. Whoa! Oh, wow. Pronounced nice. by like the fancy version of uh, laboratory or laboratory. Laboratory. Oh, yes. He yeah. Yeah. Okay. Geronimus. Caboratory. Although I guess it could cool. be Hieronymus if we're going like uh, hmm. Latin with it. Hieronymus Caboratory. Sky's the limit. Very cool. Sky's the limit. The sky is indeed the limit. Well, actually. The sky is not the limit with our next guest. We can walk on the sky. Very good. We can walk on the sky. You know what I mean? We can do whatever we want. We could... we can we could go to the stars perhaps and uh, and there we could pick a fight or a war who knows mm. but actually well I do know who knows and our next guest they are the person they they know uh, so it is time to introduce the co-founder of the Dungeon Jedi Master and a master of the, on the development council for the Star Wars Five E source books. It is Tegan Jenkins. Welcome to Three Black Halflings. Hi. Hello, everybody. That's a hyper intro I've had. I, I usually, I'm work, usually I'm on work Zooms. It's just like, hey, Tegan's here. <laughs> what is, you know? But yeah, I, I'm hyped up now. <laughs> yeah, this isn't even an episode. We're having a business meeting. This is just us yeah. introducing ourselves to each other. Yeah, this is just how we do it every time. Every production meeting, we get together, and this is what we do. We're, it's a constant hype train. <laughs> I work in insurance. So this would be a much better change of pace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, some people yeah. find it draining. We love it. So, yeah. We love it. We love it. I don't mm. get to be this authentic version of myself in my normal job. It would be intensely oh. weird, if, much like you, if I jumped onto my call and was just like, "Hi!" Be like, what? <laughs> Unnecessary. Like, How do you have this much energy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three. I think that would be. Uh, this level generous. of energy also lets us kind of burn off all that excess cocaine energy. A lot of Keeping the eggs long. <laughs> yeah, we may be three black halflings, but our noses are most assuredly white. <laughs> <laughs>
my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh, no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! into something real big now. Oh, uh, so hard pivoting away from that. Uh, Tegan. Down. Oh, yes. Tegan, hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really excited to talk a little bit about Star Wars 5e with you today. Um, I've been watching some of the most recent uh, season of uh, D20, uh, which is which uses the Star Wars 5e uh, system. And uh, I can't wait to dig into it. But what we have to do first, as we do with all guests is we have to find out your origin story. And, uh, and Jeremy actually brought up a very good point, which is that we kind of need two origin stories from you, if we may. We need like your sort of general nerdy origin story, like where did it start? But then from there, we kind of need like TTRPGs and Star Wars. Because I'm guessing, A, because you are a Jedi Master and all of that kind of stuff, but also by the background on the Zoom <laughs> right now, which appears to be blueprints for various uh, ships and all there's a Death Star blueprint in there. We've got a Millennium mm -hmm. Falcon blueprint. I have a feeling that you know you, you know your stuff about Star Wars. So also your Star Wars origin story. Oh, like what got you into Star Wars? For sure. Uh, yeah, and the background. I forgot where my wife got. I think off Etsy, but she got those for me a couple of years back. This is actually my oh. work background. I usually I move the toys and dice, but this is my work <laughs> background <laughs> too. So uh, even when I'm in the shirt stuff, I've got the Death Star loom but behind hey, me. Uh, <laughs> those are my favorite kind of pictures, though, because I uh, me and me and Jade always refer to them as geek chic. It's like where mm. if you if you didn't look really hard, like you'd think it was just like a cool image. You know what I mean? You would. But then if you look and you know what it is. You're like, oh yeah. It's you know a, what I mean? So I think it's it's perfect. For the couple years during our court, I just had that blank wall behind me, like I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um Tegan, is is your partner also into um Star Wars? Or was she no. like Okay, I was gonna say, or was she like, oh, I got you some of the, the pictures of the of the of the ships you like, the you know, the space the space boys? More, yes. More than that. Yeah. She has seen every Star Wars uh, geeky as it sounds like before we get married, you have to at least see them all. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but she's not me. a big fan of them. She, she likes the popcorn when we go to the movies, but that's that's about the far okay. I should go for the Star Wars. Heck yeah, heck yeah. And the music's good. The music's, that, that you know too. what I mean? Yeah, like, it's John Williams. Who, what, I think it's the one element of the Star Wars franchise that everyone agrees on is that the, mu the yeah, movies the, the music the movie is, really is good. good. Everything else is up for debate, I guess. Um, but yes, origin story. Where did it all start for you, other than obviously Medichlorians, lots and lots of Medichlorians? You pivoted from music into Medichlorians. How dare you? <laughs> I'm going to get cancelled so quick. Uh, yeah, so uh, I've always been into, like, since a kid, like, into like, kind of the more geekier, nerdier stuff. So uh, I grew up. Up, uh, I'm a kid of the 90s, so I grew up on Power Rangers, Batman, X-Men. Uh, that's kind of how I've always been in Star Wars 2, but we'll get to that later. Uh, and then I've always had like a whole bunch of action figures, and I'd basically just do like imagination wars with my action figures. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't so surprising. Like, I didn't get into tabletop until college, so about 10 years ago, uh, where I actually felt like you can make your imagination into a real game with rules and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, so I started off uh, with 3.5 and Pathfinder 10, probably, yeah, about 10-ish years ago. Um, I was real 
probably beer and pretzels guy that I didn't dive too deeply into the systems back then. <laughs> I, I, I was one of those. Like, I, I was the player that can sometimes get on my nerves a little bit now. <laughs> it, uh, it definitely gives me a little bit of leniency for those players. It's like I, I absolutely <laughs> sorry to jump in, but I absolutely love the expression. I was a beer and pretzels player. Like that's so yeah. good. Like because sometimes even I'm a beer and pretzels player. Like sometimes I just want to. I'm like, hey, look, I'm just here to have fun. You know what I mean? I mean that's, that's great. That sounds like a good time around the table. Is that not what everyone does? No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we yeah, die, we exactly. die, we live, we live. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? As long as we got beer and pretzels, I'm here. <laughs> it sets the stage, and yeah, and I was yeah. especially with those systems. Like, I, I want, I went back and played them now because three five and Pathfinder one year like so dense and so many cool things you can do with them. But uh, as a newcomer, that was like enjoying and bought in but i wasn't super bought in at that point i didn't really go much beyond the surface for them but uh, i played those for a couple years until i graduated uh, and then like i had like a pretty much about a five-year gap uh, where i didn't play uh at all uh which i kind of found is like i didn't realize but it was a 4e gap which apparently people just kind of took off for a little while and stopped playing yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then I got back into it afterwards uh, about, about four years ago. Uh, one of my friends started DM at a 5e game, and like this was like the perfect stage of my life. We just got to go all in with it. And uh, I played 5e for uh, a couple of years, uh, kind of exclusively, and then I uh, came across the Star Wars 5e system through uh, Reddit and jumped in. This is like the early stages with uh, that, and they were still kind of getting everything up and jumped on board uh, with that system and started running it. Uh, actually, this is a couple years, a year or so before quarantine. So I actually used to run out of a game store, uh, which is how I met my co-founder of Dungeon Jedi Masters, Todd. And uh, I was there every Tuesday running a Star Wars 5e game uh, up until we had to start staying at home. Yeah. Um, so, so did you, were you just, were you playing it a lot and uh, knew a lot about the system, which then kind of led to you getting involved with the actual thing or uh, yeah, how did oh, that come about? Definitely. So if we're getting involved with the systems, yeah, I was playing it a lot. So I hadn't played, I read it first myself. I hadn't played it before running it. Uh, but then I was in the, uh, they had a discord chain set up and I was in there just asking a lot of questions and there was still a new systems. So a lot of the things were uh, unfinished and things, and just there were still areas to be worked on. And I kind of started jumping in, especially I, I love making, monsters that's like my favorite part of tabletop mm -hmm. like having a fun monster so there's a lot of gaps in like the, the classic star wars monsters and uh, i started kind of churning them out and that's how i got onto the development council before we started the, the podcast amazing mm -hmm. that's really cool fantastic. so were you uh were you like a major star wars fan prior to getting into uh tabletop deeper and deeper like like as in like expanded universe video games all that like i noticed uh, on the website they specifically mentioned that they pulled stuff from um uh star wars the old republic like the mmo and at some of the materials also clearly from the knights of the old republic series so like were you really steeped in all of that kind of stuff prior to getting into D D and everything like that Oh, for sure. I, uh, my dad loves Star Wars, and I watched them with him a lot, and I kind of got into it since I was a kid. Uh, yeah, so I love the fantasy realms. They're definitely fun to play, and I run a D&D &D game, too. It's a straight D&D &D game, uh, mm -hmm. but Star Wars is, like, my, my first love for that. And when they, I found that I actually had a system that uh, kind of married, like, and that's one of the nice things with Star Wars 5e is it takes a lot of, like, the true 5e principles, but expands on them and brings them into Star Wars, so... Uh, it's not a huge system or there's a lot to learn, but it's not like the barrier that you get sometimes with getting other people to play a new system because uh, mm -hmm. the bones feel the same. Uh, so mm -hmm. I found it on a random Reddit thread and like I love to run Star Wars and that's actually that was my first time DMing 
too. Uh, I was with Star Wars 5e because I'm like, this is wow. this is something I can DM. Yeah. This is something I, I know the universe. Uh, I, I've been a huge expanded uh, or Legends expanded universe, I should say. Uh, like I've, I don't, I can't pan my camera, but I've got a bookshelf on the other <laughs> side that has just rows and rows of the old Star Wars books. Uh, loved it. All the games uh, to like to play, especially the Knights of the Old Republic and all that. It's just, uh, it's how I grew up, and it's definitely uh, one of my favorite kind of nerdums, for lack of a better way to put it. Mm. Nice. Amazing. It's really weird because, like, I have, um, like, watched... I think all the Star Wars films, like, um, um, I think, but something that always really grabbed me was the Star Wars, um, like, uh, video games. Like, for some reason, I was always super mm. into the video games. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, very, mm. very good. It's good stuff. I'm, like, currently looking them up, like, which one did I, like, pour all my time into? <laughs> um, it was Knights of the Old Republic for me. I, I, could, I never finished, actually, Knights of the Old Republic. I don't think I've ever told the story on the show. Mm-hmm. I played it at the time, and up until recently, it was my favorite game probably ever. It has since been uh-huh. dethroned. But uh, the... It was I'm Tegan. Uh, it got, uh, it got, I I got so into the game that after the big twist that happens, uh, the huge revelation and Bastila gets kidnapped, I lost the will to play the game because I was so sad. Uh, I tried to play it one more time and all of the fun was gone and I was just so sad and I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, Bastila, I can't finish the game. Uh, (laughs) That's like a truly wildly good narrative, Mm -hmm. right? Like if, if you're that invested that you genuinely feel like you can't continue the game yeah. because it hit you yeah. that hard in the chest. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. wild. Yeah. But oh, uh, I'm definitely a big Star Wars, a definitely big Star Wars video game and movie fan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. It was one of my favorite video games growing up. That was a fun yeah. one. That might, that's probably yeah. like a... Like a really niche one, but I loved it. Mm. <laughs> no, that was it. Was really like the the the. I remember the final scene where you go through like the. Um, uh, I I I know I'm gonna get this wrong, and I apologize. <laughs> but like that when you go through like the council as Anakin, I think you mm-hmm. you and you're like super juiced up. And I remember yeah. just it was just like stormtroopers and stuff coming at you from every angle and just absolutely slicing through them. It was <laughs> it was really fun. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, that and the Force Unleashed as well. I mm-hmm. I, I played the hell out of that. Yeah. Um, that fir- that CGI uh, cutscene, which I'm pretty sure broke the power like dynamics of Star Wars completely, because <laughs> oh, yeah. he brought down yeah. a star destroyer with like a hand, like one hand or something. Yeah. It was like what Un- until uh, was it Rise of Skywalker when Palpatine levitates an entire fleet? Yeah, yeah. and it's just like <laughs> yeah. this is just silly now. <laughs> yeah. This is just silly. Uh, I remember when that trailer came out, I was like, whoa! And I remember my mate who was really into Star Wars was like, uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Who is this, like, deity-level Jedi (laughs) that just showed up and, oh my god, I'm terrified of him. He's the hot... He would be the best. Like, you know, he'd kill everyone. (laughs) Like, if he could do this. (laughs) Yeah, everyone would be dead. Have you played a lot of any of the games? Oh, yeah. I've played uh, most of them. Uh, Knights of the Old Republic is my favorite as well. Uh, I Mm -hmm. spent... Just hours and hours into that game. I actually just, uh, it came out for the Switch recently and I've beaten it like six times already, but I re-downloaded it for the Switch just to play it again. Whoa, nice. I didn't know it was on the oh, Switch. Nice. Okay, they're, okay. They're porting uh, some of the exciting. ones over to the Switch now. So I think they've done Knights of the Old Republic, uh, 
Dark Forces. There's a couple other ones. They put Jedi Academy over too recently. So if you like to play on the go, uh, it's a good way to do it. Uh, but episode three was another one of my favorites. I love the alternate ending that they had uh, with Anakin. Uh, yeah. That was that was dope for me. I was like, see how that would go. Uh, Isn't that yeah. him like defeating Obi Wan? Yeah, he stabs Obi Wan. Yeah. He stab- he beats Obi Wan, then he stabs Palpatine too. So he gets to he somehow takes over everything in it. But yeah, I, yeah, I loved yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, actually, there's an interesting point there with uh, Knights of the Old Republic. I remember reading the manual back when I was like 13 or 14. I think I was 13 at the time. And I had no idea what they were talking about with saving throws. And I was very confused. And I only recently found out that they used their combat system was based on Baldur's Gate. I never realized that. So it's it's actually D&D influenced the, the original Knights of the Old Republic. It is, yeah. Uh, and it has a lot in common with uh, the Saga edition, or Star Wars Saga, uh, one of the older uh, tabletop games, too, which was pretty, like, I only played Saga a couple years back, but it was kind of cool to see, like, it has, like, all, like, the same, like, feats and stuff you could do for it. It was it was crazy. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those games you don't realize you're playing a tabletop uh, until you play a tabletop and go back and see saving throws and see, like, the pluses you get to add to your attack and all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, That's really, really it's cool. like it, it really even the combat system functions like a D&D battle where it's like <laughs> real time uh, having to click your rolling attacks to see if they hit and you're it's turn based, but real time combat. It's really, really. Yeah, I, I, I'm completely there with you. Actually, I was wondering uh, what uh, I know that you kind of joined like partway through the development process, but can you give us any insight into what the process was for approaching adapting a high fan? fantasy high fantasy medieval like general european medieval mm-hmm. setting uh for a futuristic sci-fi star war essentially a star wars setting uh like were you guys trying to keep the rules as consistent as possible was that one of the aims or was the emphasis on like let's capture as much of the star wars magic or was it kind of both uh, so initially it was to kind of keep it consistent as we could at first, uh, to kind of keep within the 5e bones. Uh, but probably about a year or two after, or about two years ago, uh, we've kind of strayed away from that. We're still using kind of all the core 5e mechanics and rules or some that we've changed, but, uh, we've definitely kind of moved towards trying to capture as much of that Star Wars feel as we can. And, uh, shout out to the, to the person who started everything too, uh, Steve Galley, uh, Steve Galifile. I think Galifiles is like a Discord name, but Steve's his real name. Uh, and he, uh, definitely wanted to kind of capture that initial feel for it, but then just really bring in as much Star Wars as we can. And as you'll see from like the website, there's like, that's one of the cool, that's a really sweet website website that I wish like yeah. D&D you would got character think. creation on there right yeah like, character full, creation yeah. Uh, you can export it to Roll20 and uh, for, uh, Foundry too and uh, yeah, it's just uh, super user friendly and free too, to access yeah and it's, it seems like you guys even made some slight changes to the combat system as well and like substituting magic force powers for magic and stuff like that Oh, for sure. So that's one of the big things they wanted to capture. So we've got the the force side. Uh, so there's two schools of uh, magic, which we call powers in the system. Uh, so you've got force and tech. Uh, so tech they wanted to have as its own kind of casting solution versus like having like a whole bunch of gadgets you'd have to bring if you wanted to play like Boba Fett with your flamethrower and rocket launcher and all that. Uh, you could play. So you don't like cast. tracking fuel and stuff. Are you more kind of? It's like basically like tracking spells, right? Oh, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so right. They Very use cool. uh, the spell points variant, too. So uh, rather than having to, like, slots, you've got uh, a set number of points for each level, too. So you could cast as many level threes as you wanted to as long as you've got points. 
Uh, but yeah, so each of them have their own. So you've got uh, the tech casters who cast off using int or intelligence, and then you've got uh, and they short. They're a short rest caster too, so you can recharge your points on a short rest. Uh, they got the force, which is broken into the dark side, light side, and universal. Uh, and dark side's charisma, uh, light side's wisdom, and you kind of uh, you can pick any power you want to, but it just kind of goes off of whatever stat it is you're using. Um, mm. Do you mind if I ask, uh, mm. uh, what is the equivalent for rogue? Because I'm here like, hmm, interesting. Or is there no like rogue equivalent? <laughs> but, I love me rogue. It's written, loaded up, ready yeah. to go right <laughs> now. Just, you know, polite so, and interesting. Let's cut to the chase, Tegan. I don't, like, to know this bullshit. What's the rogue? Where is the rogue, Tegan? <laughs> you can't do I'm Star Wars without a rogue. Uh, we've got that. Uh, it's the operative. So we renamed it to oh. operative. Uh, it base uh, so the bones of it are pretty much similar to the rogue, uh, mm-hmm. but one of the cool things you'll notice with Star Wars Five E Two is they've a really big like uh, for new DMs it can be a little bit overwhelming, but they're really big on customization and options for your PCs, uh, and you'll see this too with D twenty as well. Uh, but each class like uh, has like uh, you know with uh, the warlocks they've got invocations. Uh, mm-hmm. Each class has mm-hmm. their own invocation system. Uh, so different things you can kind of add on at levels two and usually levels two and three for most classes uh, to customize it out and just really make it your own. Uh, and operatives have some pretty sweet ones too. That's that's really Very. exciting. Look, I you know I I appreciate the information. Thank you so much. I have no plans. Let's go check out now. Go make a character vote. Checking at the end. This might be this might be an interesting exercise for people who are just listening and haven't actually looked at the website, but mm. may be Star Wars fans. W- could we like could, if I throw out some Star Wars characters? Would you be mm. able to pinpoint like what class? Depend obviously like or what what class they'd likely fit into? Like uh, just to give people an idea kind of of how like how those i guess so they can imagine it if they haven't oh yeah definitely uh okay so where would you put say c3po Uh, c3po uh class wise uh, he'd probably be that's, that's a good one. Uh, is oh, there a scholar. useless class? He'd be a scholar. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he'd be a scholar. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah. there's a scholar oh, class. Uh, he could take. Uh, I'm not sure. Blanking on the archetype, that'd be good for him. Uh, but there's definitely an arch. Oh, politician probably archetype would be a good one for him. Uh, mm. Where scholar is a one. Of, it's one of the new classes for the system, uh, and it's one of the best support classes out there. There's a lot of cool things you can do with it, uh, and I definitely think C3PO would kind of fall into. That. He'd be a little bit more on the useless side, but he could get some <laughs> really cool flavor features from it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so where would, uh, say, somebody like Han Solo fall? So Han Solo, for sure. Uh, probably operative, uh, mixed with a little bit of a uh, fighter or scout. Uh, so scout's kind of our ranger equivalent. Uh, so they're mm-hmm. a tech caster, so they get a little bit of some tech powers and things like that. Uh, they can kind of work into their stick. Okay, what about, like, the, the BB-8 R2-D2 archetype? Definitely. So they would be uh, Engineer, which is another new one for the system. It's kind of it's similar, similar to Artificer, but skews pretty different in areas. Uh, so this is a full tech caster. So this is a, a level one of nine spells. Uh, so he could do the Engineer one and probably the Astrotech Engineer, uh, mm. which is one that focuses on different droids. Uh, you, could build, you should get your own little droid companion you can build, too. So uh, he could build his own C-3PO to hang out with him. That's really cute. <laughs> mm. I would like to um, address the fact that um, I got R2-D2 when C-3PO mixed up. So I was like, why would R2-D2 be a politician? What? Ah, yes, of course. So why? So eloquently put. What about my boy General Grievous? Where's he fit? 
For sure. Uh, Grievous, I think, would be a fighter in this system. Uh, multiple attacks. And one, one of the coolest things, too, I'd recommend anybody check out uh, that's complained about fighter for 5e. Uh, we have took over the bones for it, but we've added a bunch of cool stuff on it. Uh, so you get your fighting style, uh, which is really different from regular 5e, uh, rather than like the kind of solid like plus two for archery or plus one to defense for the defense mm-hmm. style. Uh, they've given them things that make them play different. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, for instance, okay. um, what's a good one? Uh, oh, Stealth Styles. Uh, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, Stealth Fighting Style. Uh, so if you wanted to be like a real sneaky operative, and operatives can pick up Fighting Style, too, for one of their invocations. Uh, you could pick uh, the Stealth Fighting Style, which will allow you to hide in a bonus action. And if you could already hide in a bonus action due to, like, cunning action or something like that, it lets you hide as a reaction, which is pretty sweet. <gasps> Whoa. Uh, Whoa. And there's different things like that that you can just kind of add on and uh, just really make everything play different. And uh, they've got fighting styles, but they've also got fighting masteries, too, Mm -hmm. uh, which kind of enhance the style. It doesn't require to have the style to get the mastery, but it usually enhances it in some way. Uh, And it's just really cool. A lot of customization and just really uh, each class gets maneuvers, too. So if you're uh, like Mm -hmm. uh, the battle master, they all get at least two for or each fighter, (laughs) I should say, gets maneuvers. Uh, Yeah. But really cool with that. But I would definitely put Grievous as a fighter. Uh, I'd probably put him as a battle master. Not battle master. So it's called battle master. is called tactical specialist uh, for the Star Wars 5e system. Uh, and I'd put him as one of those. And he'd, uh, he'd be a fun one to play. Oh, nice. That's very cool. Uh, where would uh, – I? well, here's my question. Would you classify original trilogy Yoda and prequel trilogy Yoda in separate <laughs> classes. And if so, what respective classes would they be in? Definitely. So I, I would probably put them in the same class, but I would do a different archetype for them. Uh, okay. So the, uh, Counselor class is the full first force caster, so the level one to nine on that side. Uh, has some similarities to both wizard as well as sorcery. We took over like the meta magics for the counselor class. Uh, there's some okay. other things that relate there. Uh, but there's two, and I'm blanking on one of them's names. One of them is pretty uh, similar to the portent uh, wizard. Oh, uh, the divination wizard. Divination, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was definitely what I would do for the, um, the original, original trilogy, trilogy one. Uh, but there's one that's like more sword based too that I'm blanking on the name for. Kind of like uh, a blade singer type, like exactly. for the, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. And I I would be remiss if I did not point out that the consular, at least the first time that I encountered the consular, I think the guardian and the sentinel, all three of those were in Knights of the Old Republic. Like those were the three classes that you could take uh, uh, as a Jedi in Knights of the Old Republic. I'm pretty sure. That's right. Yeah. So that's where uh, they got it from. So we've got the, the knight, or we've got the guardian, the counselor, and the, the sentinel. The counselor is a full force caster, so level one to nine. Guardian's pretty much a paladin uh, remake, mm-hmm. uh, where you kind of get a lot of the same features of the paladin, a little bit more customization with the invocations. Uh, Sentinel is mm-hmm. a brand new one for the system. Uh, this is one of my favorite classes because I, I like I like Gish characters. We can kind of cast and still like get extra attack, uh, and you mm-hmm. can do that with Sentinel. So you're uh, what's it two thirds caster, uh, mm-hmm. so you get to go up to level seven for your overall powers. Uh, but you get to cast uh, and you get like level three spells at level six as your character level uh so you could cast uh fight and just do a little bit of everything uh they also get the jack of all trades feet from the bard so they're really kind of like Ah, operative use too so uh it's a fun one to play it's definitely well you want to do a little bit of everything that's the way to go (laughs) 
Nice. Um, I have a question, Tegan. Uh, when you set out to, well, I know this, you jumped in as things were being developed, um, but was it something you had in mind to kind of address anything that you found not ideal with 5e? Stuff that you were like, oh, maybe we could change that around a bit and make it a bit better. Definitely. That was one of my biggest things to adopt in the system. Uh, okay. There's just so much flexibility because 5e is fantastic it's gotten so mm. many people into the hobby uh but like a lot of times like especially if you played it for a couple of years it kind of feels like just locked in there's not as much customization mm. with it mm. uh and star wars 5e like it just really addresses that it just gives you uh sometimes i have to realize for new players like it gives you too, too much options at first uh, sometimes <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. i've kind of grown up with the system so I'm like oh yeah that all makes sense i know that but i brought in one of my friends uh, a couple weeks ago i'm like there's like hundreds of things on the site. So I'm like, oh okay, yeah, focus here for here and here. And but as soon as you get into it and learn like the different pieces and archetypes, it's just it's so much you can do with it. No two characters will play the same, even if they're the same class, archetype, and all that. There's always be something different that someone chooses that lets you stand out a little bit. That's mm. that's really interesting because I remember when I <laughs> I remember when I first picked up Pathfinder, having pr- pretty much played exclusively Five uh, E. I remember a, like character creation took me about six hours. I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Like there is I can do, what? but that doesn't seem very optimized. And where does that go? And but so I think it's but but I think ultimately one of my biggest gripes as a long term player of Five E is exactly that hundred percent, and especially if you like, to, like I love playing Marshalls with a little bit of magic, and Marshalls. Mm-hmm. Get like a ton. Like they, they're playing a lot better than they do in traditional five E. There's just so much versatility and so much, so many options you can make that you can make it viable and feel like you're keeping up with like the, the power casters, which I love uh, from my own viewpoint. I gotta be honest. I think the tech, uh, the the tech spell casting effectively, I think is genius. Like mm-hmm. I love that because I think what a way to bring martial classes into the fold and really give them some fun options where you're not having to like. Because it's it it's so it's not because it's not baked into the system uh, like items and things like that. I think it's like it's uh, it'd be so hard to like track like oh I've got all of these little random things that can kind of do stuff. Whereas if it's really built into your class that you can do certain things and it's like a much simpler way to track. I think people would be a lot more like able like you know a lot more able to do that kind of thing and absolutely you know and it makes perfect sense for this because why wouldn't you be like up oh, i'm eating a grenade and getting out of here you know what i mean like if you're the martial class and you suddenly you know you're in a sticky situation then i think you know a couple of grenades or whatever and and, and beefing would be a great idea so uh, which is something that you just don't have access to i think in in like 5e you don't have access to a you know to anything like fighters never really get any aoe of any kind or mm. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that having that little bit of flexibility is quite exciting for me, actually. Definitely. That's the nice thing with it too. So they do have tech caster classes. So you have to be one of the, like, the classes to get the full access to tech. But the cool thing with the system too, uh, like and one of the cool and often overwhelming things is like the items list. Like they've got like, grenades like almost anything you've seen on star wars you've probably made an item for it so far and you can find it all there and there's so much customization you can have and like a lot of them too so aren't enhanced and oh and enhanced is what we call the magic weapons for the system so if they're enhanced uh they're Uh magic uh but a lot of them aren't enhanced so you can just go through and buy some crazy stuff to start like you can buy a jetpack which is a regular item. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. That's like the first thing I'd be saving up for. Everyone would be like, why are you you not spending your credits? I'd be like, because I'm getting the jetpack. 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I, I just want to say how impressed I am with the sheer amount of material there is here. Oh, like you have a full, wild. it's a full 10 different classes, but then it looks like there are 130 archetypes, which are the subclasses, I guess, split between those various classes. So like an, an average of 13 subclasses per class. Is that is that a correct assessment, Tegan? Are we hard yet? Because I know he wanted to have, uh, I think, 12 for each archetype, or 12 archetypes for each class. Uh, so Steve, like, he's really good with numbers and likes to have things in a numbered order. Uh, so he wants to have 12 for each class, all that. So I didn't think we were already that, uh, that high, though. But There's 130 yeah, on the site. Yeah, there's tons of them, and there's just so many different ones you can go through. Oh, that's why. Uh, so we've got companion classes. Uh, so some classes come with a companion, uh, like a, a droid class. Like for engineer, you can build your own astrotech. For um, guardians and counselors, you can have your own Padawan, which is pretty sick. Uh, Whoa! But we, we oh, post- that is really so that, like that is an emotional <laughs> mess for me. That is an absolute minefield. The idea of taking a child's Padawan around with me, I would be. No, I wouldn't get into any fights. Everything would be diplomacy, or I would run away and use no myself as a meat shield. Like <laughs> between the two, that is terrifying. Yeah, I haven't had anybody play that yet, but yeah, it would be pretty heart wrenching. Like you have to be as a DM too. Like, oh, that grenade just killed oh your God, Padawan. I, no, oh. no, no. We've all seen. We've all seen the. You know. You know. For our for our sins, we've seen uh, Revenge of the Sith. It's mm-hmm. a. It's not. It's it's a bad. 
It's a bad scene. Yeah. It's a bad scene when that <laughs> lightsaber turns on. You're killing younglings. It's it's oh. bad. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> just, my youngling, no. Uh, <laughs> I love that you got bad battle meditation in here because it was so confusing when it was in Knights of the Old Republic and they were just like, yeah, Bastila, she does battle meditation. It's a it's a thing that wins. She does it and then they win. Uh, but that's an actual force power here. Uh, you got force choke. You got force. Yeah. And like, it's really cool the how you've mixed in actual spells like D&D spells like call lightning alongside mm. force powers like choke. But they're all like, it's like, yeah, Jedi. I mean, Yoda calls lightning in, uh, what was it? The last Jedi. Uh, so, yeah. you know, why not? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And that's the nice thing. You use so many options with it too. Because oh, that's I didn't mention. So with the tech and power or force powers, uh, they're not locked behind certain classes. So if you have a tech class, you can cast any tech power uh, they've got level to. Uh, and same mm. with the force powers. So uh, oh. some of the force powers they have one of the cool systems, which I wish like, for Wishlist or five point five e or six e. I uh, hope they do this, uh, but they have progressions. Uh, so like to learn like uh, force choke. I think you need to learn force push and pull, or maybe something in between there too nice. uh, and the powers keep going okay. up like that yeah that's really really fun because mm-hmm. that and that absolutely makes a lot of sense like it's almost like a skill tree mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh more than just like you just get this because you're at a certain level it's like no you've kind of got to make a little bit of a decision to get there because and i think that totally fits with the essence of star wars right the idea that there are certain um kind of force powers you you need to use before you get to like Unlimited power, <laughs> you know, like because that feels like that's at, like the end of a skill tree, or do you know what I mean? Like you need to follow some Sithy ways before you get there. For sure. <laughs> and if your DM ever lets you get to level twenty, they do have the four storm power, so you can go all Palpatine to start. Uh, I the radius, but it's ridiculous. I saw Thirty d six damage. Thirty d six. I think my computer what? would crash if I tried to roll that on like D&D Beyond or something. My computer would be like, Truly nope. unlimited power. Yeah. yeah. Is wow. that beyond the maximum falling damage that you can do to someone? Yeah. Is that a thing? 20 is maximum falling damage. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that's like, it's like, it's like half again, maximum falling damage. Yeah. <laughs> Truly that is, horrific. That's terrifying. <laughs> and it looks that like you really have, cool, I, I love, just to ju- run through the list of species, which is interesting because I think in this you have circumvented some of the biggest issues that exist mm. with the original mm. Dungeons and Dragons. They're just, they, all these people come from different planets. They're just straight up different species, but we got the the bith, which I believe are the 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 um uh the the, the name of the genre of music they play is called jizz. That's yeah. that's actually it. But I can't remember what the name <laughs> what? of the band is. It's true. It's called jizz. Uh, they, in Jabba, Jabba the Hutt's palace. They're yeah. playing oh, jizz. Okay. Yeah, it's they're called playing jizz. Music. jizz. Yeah. It's jizz right. uh, the, the musicians Lovely. are called jizz whalers too. Which is oh, yeah. 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 Oh no, yeah. it's it's um it's in the uh the the what is the Moss Eisley Cantina? That's the one it is. But yeah, yeah. they're okay, playing jizz. We got Bothans. I've never seen a Bothan before. Yeah, that's jizz. That's jizz. Oh, dude, you ruined that for me. I've been singing jizz this entire time. I refuse to Absolutely wild. Like, I mean, is that did did it ever have like a different meaning? I know that these films come out a while ago. I'm just, no is it like, idea. is just a new word? <laughs> I, I just feel like up. they can't have done that on purpose. <laughs> I just, you know no, what I mean? It's a pun on jazz. a different word in the 70s. In the 70s. Yeah, it's clearly yeah. a pun on jazz that George Lucas came up with, yeah. but I don't know. 
I don't know if he was aware. I do not know. He uh, needed to run that by his kids just one time. Uh, just one time before he put it in the movie. I finally know what boffin means because I'd never seen a boffin in any of the Star Wars media I had consumed. So I'm wondering when I hear many boffins died, I don't know what, I don't know who died. Now I know who died and they looked like kind of dog people. It's very sad. Like dog <gasps> I definitely expect. Oh, yeah, I definitely do. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you got your Ki-Adi Mundi's here with the Syrians. Yes. You got... Uh, what, are they, what are they? What are the, what, What's Ki-Adi Mundi? Ki-Adi Mundi is a Syrian. Syrian. Or Syrian, okay. I, I think I'm playing a, um, I think that's what I'm playing then when I do this. Because <laughs> nice. I, I used to love Ki-Adi Mundi. Okay. You have every kind of droid. I love the different classes of droids. Mm. These are so cool. You have Ewoks. You have the Gamorians, uh, who are the, the guards in Jabba the Hutt's palace. You got Gungans. You got humans. You got... Uh, these are just some of the ones, by the way. Can uh, you, you be got a Jawas. Jedi Wookiee? You can. Yes. Yeah. You can. Yes, oh they have Wookiees. You can be, you can be Plukun. You got the Keldor. You can be Plukun. Uh, you can be uh, Kit Fisto Fantastic. with the Nat- Nat- Natalins. Uh, the ro- you can be a Rodian, the dude who um, uh, Greedo. You can be Greedo, essentially. Uh, you could be um, um, oh, what's her name? She just everybody got real Ahsoka. You can be Ahsoka with the uh, Togruta. Yeah, they've got like over a hundred species on there. Over uh, hundred. So like, so yeah. cool. And every They're Thursday really uh, we had something new too. So either a species, an archetype, uh, like species archetype. Uh, new like new optional rules or variant rules. Uh, so every Thursday something new comes out uh, for the system. Wow! Day. Oh. So huge. it's very so much still uh, still evolving and still changing and still oh, growing. Oh, for sure. I think if I, I, I when I when I make a character like this, I'd have to be an R two D two droid because I've been told that my laugh sometimes sounds like R two D two going. <laughs> Like and <laughs> and running away. Uh, so <laughs> his little scream that he does. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. That's so good. We need to put yeah. one of these in the episode now. Oh, like, uh, at the end of an episode, we need it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I, can, it's I me. see what you mean. Yeah, it's me. Okay, right. Everyone, try and make Liv laugh as much as possible for the rest right, of the. Bring episode. it on. Bring that's it the, on. That's the new aim. You could definitely do that, though. They, uh, they, I think the mm-hmm. class two droid is uh, the astromech, so you could make your own R two D two pretty easy. I'm That's I'm so, so on board. R2D2 Rogue, it's happening. I'm doing it. R2D2 <laughs> Rogue. With a jetpack, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um I was gonna ask if the uh sort of races races and species in this uh have any kind of mechanical weight. Uh I, I only ask because there's so many of them. I was like, do they all have stuff that they do? Or is it more of a like if you're a droid? you get like you know access to this or something they all have their own bonuses and like uh the special features that come with them some of them share features if they like have like a, a similar background mm. but each of them have their own unique profile uh and how they're set up wild wild you guys out here doing the work this is yeah. like this is a lot this is incredible this is absolutely incredible this is a ton with and that's actually why uh my buddy todd and i started dungeon jedi masters which uh we go through it's a podcast it's a podcast format as well and we go through and uh go we do all the new releases so we, we do podcast twice a month uh and we touch on all the new releases we go over differences and tips for dms and players going into the system because there's so much there uh mm-hmm. like and we were like because we were both on the council when we started it and we made a joke because uh, we get a lot of like on the discord like a lot of the frequently asked questions and people asking mm-hmm. for like references and things uh and i'm like somebody should do that somebody should make a podcast or youtube series going over that uh and then my buddy todd's like we should do that man i'm like 
I don't know if people are going to listen to us on that side. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did it. I think we had our two-year anniversary last week or this Woo, week. Yeah, two, congrats. Yeah, congratulations. We've been doing that and just, it's, it's been a blast. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's so cool, and I think you can never underestimate the power of the Force. Uh, people will always want to listen to Star Wars stuff, like uh, regardless, it's 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 Star Wars, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but that's extremely cool. I think it makes uh, it definitely makes for some more uh, accessibility around the game as well. Just I think that you know we've sort of spoken at length about I think one of the reasons why D&D is now so popular and so accessible is because there are so many like shows that either talk about it or play it or whatever so it's so easy for you to kind of take in the rules via osmosis you know what I mean you can just sort of absorb them uh, and I think that there's definitely a, a it's, it's cool that that kind of thing is available for this as well because there is a lot on here there is a lot mm-hmm. and it is a pretty pretty epic mm. I have um, one question uh, do, can, uh, can like the Tasha's cauldron of everything rules, which allow you to move mm. racial ability scores, can those be applied to the species, uh, in here? Cause I see that the species do have assigned, uh, ability score bonuses. Uh, but I was, I was curious as to whether that could be altered at all. Oh, definitely. So I do that with all my games now too, because I always I hated it with Tosh or with a uh, regular five E, where you're, you're like uh, you're an orc, you're always gonna have uh, just strength. You can't be like a smart orc. Mm-hmm. So don't, it bugged the mm-hmm. bugged me before. Uh, and so I, with the Star Wars ones, I don't th- I think we have that as a variant rule too. Uh, I can't remember if not, but I always run that with all my own games. So you can switch them around and kind of make something new with it if you want to. I was going to ask you if there is, uh, I mean, obviously I know you've spoken about customization or anything uh, as well already, but like, is there anything in particular that when you're playing Star Wars or maybe when you go back to like normal sort of 5e, is there anything that you really like miss or anything that you just really feel like works particularly well in the five, the Star Wars 5e system? Honestly, my favorite thing has been the fighting styles and masteries. Uh, Cause like the, they're just there's so much you can do with each one of those uh, that just really make your fighter or make your martial character feel like it's unique. That when you go back to like the plus two or the uh, the small bonuses, it just doesn't feel the same. That's one of the ones I always miss and want to try to bring mm. back with me whenever I come back. Okay, that's really cool because we've actually spoken at like that you uh, I think it quite often feels a little bit like with the martial classes. I think quite often there is a temptation when you're a martial class to dip into something else just to give yourself a little bit of the extra flavor or like taking a magic initiate feat or, mm. or something like that. And I think being able to really feel like you're it's like a truly unique fighting style. And, and I also think that probably helps the DM as well. Like if you're not someone who's like super into as like, I mean, I've watched films, but I'm not like super into like medieval comedy combat or whatever i think as much description and stuff as to how your fighter uh goes about the task at hand uh it's super useful right like even just from a descriptive point of view if there's like a very distinct you know if they have a very distinct style or very distinct things that they use i think that just gives more tools for the player and the dm to make like you said to feel really like unique and like you've got something that's that's true to your character for sure and yeah it gives you a lot like that and especially because there's so many different fighting styles too like there's one that's a brawler so if you wanted to like they approved like kind of the brawling fear tavern brawler uh and made it a fighting style in mastery so if you wanted your bar a berserker which is the barbarian uh he doesn't use an axe he goes straight and just starts boxing with people you could do that and that gives you some cool descriptors to go along with it as well and just some fun things you can do just to make it different than you attack i, I roll to attack i hit i roll to attack i hit uh, sometimes mm-hmm. you can go for the other marshals I, uh, I, 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 I see and I hear that there is a part of me that's like, 
So I'm a berserker. I'm fighting with my fists. That guy's got a flamethrower and that guy has two lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in trouble if that is the case. Maybe a slight disadvantage. I feel, like, I feel like something could go wrong here. As much as I love the idea of that, I'm like, hmm, I wonder. <laughs> General Grievous has four arms. I have two hands and no lightsabers. Uh, this is a worry for me. Uh, have you also seen the meme by the way is genuinely it's the reason i thought of general grievous in the first place was there's a very funny meme where uh someone has edited it so he pulls out about like 30 different lightsabers <laughs> and then as soon as he goes to attack he just slices himself into oblivion and it's really quite funny uh i think it's just like a gif or something but yeah. it's very very good <laughs> uh by the way folks i have found it uh the Ooh. term jism Originally, <laughs> originated. Uh, I was wondering why you were a little quiet in, over in the corner there for last meaning okay. energy. It did not gain its secondary meaning until 1888. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what George Lucas had yeah. heard. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, that was, say 88. That was that's still Star Wars, 1888. Right? <laughs> yeah, 1888. Yeah, oh, okay, so, okay. okay, so he had like a yes. cool hundred years <laughs> of this meaning exactly what it meant before he decided Ooh. to use it as a play on jazz. Yes, oh, that's, uh, that's with that's real funny. That's real funny. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's an instrument actually used to play jizz called the jizz box. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I would now. like it to go away. <laughs> it did. Uh, when Disney bought Star Wars, they got rid of the lore that included because it was it was part of the expanded universe. But, so you know, it is now no longer part of the Star Wars. I thought like George had no idea, but then yeah. every author afterwards tried to push the joke further. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah absolutely. They're, they're playing a jizz box. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone. Every, can you take a proficiency in a jizz box? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. God. Like legit question. Oh, is, uh, that an, is that an instrument? You in can do instruments. Five... I'm not sure. Uh, that's a good question. Is a jizz box on here? Because <laughs> Tegan, my dude, if it's not, you, you oh, know yeah. the suggestion you need to make at the next meeting. <laughs> oh, it's not on there. <laughs> Hey, look, let's let's keep it locked to this Thursday. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. Thursday. Can't we can't wait until the, the jizz whaler class drops. <laughs> it's like bard, but <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, honestly, isn't that what a bard is? Like, let's be fair. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah to be fair, yeah, it depends on the bard, but yeah, yeah. Before before we sort of like, I guess, start moving right towards the end here, mm. I really wanted to ask, what has it been like as somebody who's involved with Star Wars 5e to such a degree to see it being played on mm. such a public platform now with Dimension 20? Mm. Uh, it was a blast. Uh, so uh, the, the cool thing is like before the, the season got going, uh, Rick Perry uh, reached out to Todd and hey, myself. Hey, Rich, Rick Perry, yeah, OG Rick of the Perry. show. One of our earliest uh, One of the, Literally, within the first couple of weeks, he was a fan literally, of the show. Yeah, and we were like, Aww. what? He was our <laughs> way in with everybody is. with Dimension yeah, 20. Yeah, literally, it all begins with Rick. It all, yeah. always, it always begins with Rick. Uh, that's a new, that's a new saying of the show. <laughs> Love it. He's really cool. And he reached out to us and I, at first, honestly, I, I thought it was a scam. I'm like, they're not, like, why would D20 want anything from us? Like, 
<laughs> like, he has to ask me money yet, so let's let's go meet with him and see what he has to say. Uh, but it was actually Rick Perry, uh, and then uh, they brought Todd and myself on as uh, the Dungeon Jedi Master crew to kind of help them transition uh, the game into to Star Wars or into the Starstruck universe uh, mm-hmm. using the Star Wars Five E rules, uh, which was really cool. We got to coordinate with Rick. We got to meet Brennan. Uh, we actually got to DM a game for Brennan, and uh, as well as Ryan Black too, uh, Whoa. which is sick. <laughs> oh, gee, that's OG shit, man. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's like that's like a yeah. I did that. That was cool. Mm-hmm. That no was big cool. Deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. no big deal. Yeah, yeah, easy. <laughs> <laughs> if I could have a geek resume, that'd be at the top of the yeah. list. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's We've all crazy. got a geek resume. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, so we, we got to do that with them, and we helped them out with some of the blocks for the ship stuff, and it was just really sick. Brendan was super fun to work with. Uh, and then we got to, like, uh, then the season started airing, uh, and we got a shout-out to you with the first episode, which was... Yeah, I literally we, watched that today. It was wild. Awesome. It was so cool. We weren't even expecting that. Like, uh, we, we knew we got listed in, like, uh, their credits document. We kind of thought that's where it would end, so that was... Sick. I, t- I told my wife, and she's like, "Oh, cool, yeah, that's that's great." I'm like, yeah, this is this is huge. But uh, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> you don't understand. It's one of the yeah, most yeah, popular yeah, really shows cool. out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's been a blast to see it, and especially like the D twenty crew. Like they 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 are all so like talented at playing games uh and it's just been fun to see them bring that to life especially with the starship rules which are like a whole like other kind of encounter a whole different set of rules to add on there uh and how mm. quickly they jumped into it and how much like the team embraced it and like obviously kind of like read the rules and were prepared it was just really cool to see yeah mm. that's really yeah. cool was there any part of you that was slightly nervous about the idea of emily axford getting her hands <laughs> on this system that it might just all crumble as she finds this loophole which means she can do 30 d6 of force damage all the time or something <laughs> I, i'm waiting for that i think today is supposed to be the or today when this airs it's supposed to be their first like real big fight i can't wait to see what she does with that yeah. uh, oh. <laughs> it's terrifying <laughs> i found uh, both uh, dimension 20 as well as three black halflings through nadpod so uh getting to see her uh her come across like whatever she comes up with will be epic and there's so many customization options that i I feel like when she gets to really let loose it'll be sick Mm. yeah Mm. that's oh that's that's gotta be so exciting and what (laughs) seeing as it's like adapted seeing as it's a star wars a very explicitly a star wars uh version of dungeons and dragons was uh Watching it adapted for a completely different universe. For those who don't know, Starstruck is a comic book series that I think was yep. originally based on a play that was produced by a uh, theater company that Brennan's mom used to be in. And then she That's then so adapted cool. it into a comic book and has written yeah. all kinds of different comics in that series. And I haven't actually read it yet, but apparently it's pretty groundbreaking. Like it got to some of the stuff what? that Watchmen got to a few years before Watchmen did it. It just wasn't oh, wow. as mainstream. Uh, but what seeing it adapted for like another setting like that that is not Star Wars, uh, would you say that if somebody has never has never like looked at the website, has never like done any done any research on Star Wars Five E as a system, would you say that as somebody who is steeped in the system, it was like watching it like it was essentially watching it would be a good I guess introductory uh, introductory watch for somebody who hasn't really experienced Star Wars Five E before. Oh, for sure, and that's the cool thing with the system as well. Like uh, a lot of the flavoring is kind of geared towards Star Wars. You could pretty much plop it into any, and with some restrictions, any like science fiction platform mm. if you wanted to. Like if you wanted mm. to run a Mass Effect game using it, you could pretty much do oh, that with like yeah. making a couple changes mm. and just reflavoring mm. stuff. 
Now uh, you're speaking my language. Dude. Now you're speaking my language. I know a few people who would be like Mass Effect game. Mass Effect game? Um, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's like me right now. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mass Effect 3 broke my mind when that came out on PlayStation. I was like, this is the best. I am Commander Shepard. It was so cool. <laughs> and the reskinning goes slightly. For like the, two years. The reskinning does slightly more than just change the color of the explosion at the end of the campaign. Oh, uh, don't, you don't even, Jeremy. <laughs> no, you don't, no. you know, you know, the, wow. you know the, the size of the wound that you just opened up. <laughs> We're going to have to have a chat after this, okay? We need to wrap this up now, because I'm coming to your Trigger house. warning for all Mass Effect fans. Yeah, please. Don't late. even get me started. <laughs> oh, dear. I wonder if there's a little fun thing we could do here uh, as we're getting towards the end. I'm thinking maybe we could sort of have a little bit of a player around with like making a character uh cool. like if we just picked a class or not like a full character i'm just thinking like picked a class and then maybe had a look at, a, at one of the archetypes and we could just kind of like talk a little bit about what they do uh and maybe tegan you can kind of throw out some like hey maybe you could pair it up with this or you know you could just give us some cool flavors oh for sure um so while we're having a look is there a is there a your do you have a favorite class is there anyone that you so really like? For unique Star or for Star Wars 5e as a unique class, Sentinel is my favorite. There's just so much you can do with it. Uh, but Monk overall, because Monk is one of my favorites in 5e, but it has like a lot of like flaws, and they fix mm -hmm. so many of them with this one. Uh, okay. So those are my two favorites overall. The monk being like Donnie Yen's character in uh in what was it? Uh the war movie they did. Oh, Rogue I, One. Yeah, they yeah, actually Rogue got a class. Basically Donnie uh, Yen's character. Uh, so one of the archetypes for Monk uh, is kind of based off him, uh, the Way of the Wills Monk, where you get to use like uh, kind of blaster weapons as well, mixed in with your Monk stuff. It, it's a fun one. Oh, range from my Monk. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So annoying. I can already tell. Uh, but I would, as a DM, I would be like, ah, months oh, with range, stunned from afar. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's again. not yeah. fun. That that's not a fun. hard thing with this system too. So compared to regular five feet, it gives you a lot of options. But as a new DM, like it's your players are far stronger than they would be at the same levels in five e. Uh, but they have the same amount of HP though. So it's one of those ones where you have to kind of thread the line, okay. and making things that's more difficult, but not like too difficult to go crazy on them. Mm -hmm. Right. That's okay. Yeah, that's really. Should we do a sentinel? Yeah, we can have a look at a sentinel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what what species should we do? Um, let's see, species. Uh, you had mentioned would mention Wookie. Oh yeah, we could do. Yeah, let's go for a Wookie. Everyone, everyone knows what that is. Um, um, yeah. I, I would like to encourage everyone if you are not on the on the um, Star Wars Five E uh, website, take a look because the the Kushiban oh. uh, <laughs> is is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Is that what is is that how it's pronounced? Kushiban. Kush um, it's basically a little rabbit thing. Um, I believe I've never heard it out loud, but I think so. Yeah. Oh, it's very cute. But yes, you should go visit it anyway because it's really cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is extremely cool. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great yeah. website. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to the Wookiee. Cool. Okay, That's so a Wookiee Sentinel. Uh, what what uh, what abilities, Tegan, would be? What ability scores if we were to use the uh, the the alternate rule? Or uh, what ability scores would we want to? But, uh, put our bonuses in if we're going to be a Wookiee Sentinel. Definitely. So uh, with a Sentinel, usually the you could go Dex with Sentinel as your primary stat. Uh, you could definitely make a Strength one viable, but Dex is usually the easiest way to uh, get a good build out for it. Uh, so I would do Dex as your primary plus two, uh, and then depending, and it kind of depends on what type of Force user you want to be. Do you want to be someone that uses more like light side powers, and you go uh, Wisdom, uh, 
Or if you want to kind of go more towards the dark side, uh, you'd want to do charisma as your secondary stat. Mm. Ooh, I feel like a high charisma, slightly edgy Wookiee. <laughs> Edgelord Wookiee. He shaved his fur into a, into a mohawk. Yeah, he's just got little bald patches on the side of his head and it looks super weird. <laughs> oh, and can we make it canon? This is the little, this is um, uh, the Wookiee from the Star Wars uh, Christmas special, like all grown up. <laughs> This is what uh, just, Lumpy was his was L- Lumpy, Lumpy yeah. 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 yeah uh yeah the, the, it's <laughs> them a little Lumpy uh, grown up <laughs> they they got so much stick for that Christmas special that they decided to become like super edgelordy uh to like go against her basically like a Disney Channel uh like kid like all grown up but it's just like no I'm gonna be edgy and bad Lumpy <laughs> I haven't heard that name in years <laughs> <laughs> this is his Miley Cyrus twerk you, phase that he's yeah. Yeah. yeah He's trying oh. to shed his lumpy image. Yeah. Uh, now he's just called Lumps. I was going to say, you can, you can call me Lumps. <laughs> Darth Lumpster. Yes! Darth Lumps. Yes. <laughs> okay, so a dark, side, a dark side sentinel. What like yes. weapons would we want to use? Uh, so if you're going to Wookiee, Dark Side, I would go Double Saber. Uh, get that Darth oh, Maul feel. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna see if I can find this double saber because I want to see what its uh, stats are because that's freaking cool. So it's a D8 one, uh, but you could use uh, so with uh, the regular double saber. So if you take a fighting style with it, uh, you could use uh, the D8, but then on your bonus action, hit with the other side uh, of the other saber. Oh damn! Oh. <clears throat> Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, double yeah, saber. Okay, Ooh, yeah, I love it. Uh, okay, so we're Darth Lumps, or, uh, <laughs> the the uh, the Wookie double saber wielding uh, Sentinel. What would be the next step? What like would be to, uh, archetype? I guess would it be oh, archetype. Yeah, archetype, yeah. So uh, as a Wookie uh, that's tried to shed his image, let's see what would be a good Sentinel one. Uh, Path of Aggression can be pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> with that one, you could do uh, and with Sentinels. They each get like a, a signature at will power, uh, and at will powers are cantrips, pretty much. Oh, uh, cool. But with Path of Aggression, you could learn Lightning Charge, so you kind of dive in with uh, your blade, kind of streaking mm. with lightning. Whoa! Yeah. Yo, Darth Lumps <laughs> kicks ass already. Yeah. Are you kidding? Path of aggression. Yeah, all right, absolutely. Of course I do that. Of course I charge him with oh, light, like so lightning sick. around uh-huh. my double-sided lightsaber. <laughs> I love as well the idea that Darth Lumps is like tries to be sneaky, but I was like, dude, you are a Wookiee. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> unless we are in a bar full of Wookies, mm-hmm. everyone has seen you. Yeah, not <laughs> to mention the trail fact that full you... of fur. <laughs> yeah, literally, you're sh- you're molting everywhere, my dude. He has, <laughs> he has mange and just can't stop mange. scratching it. Oh. His fur is falling out. That's Bruh, why he every five to the dark seconds, side. you involuntarily go <laughs> like full <laughs> 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 <Apple> blast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. uh, oh my god! If a Wookie used lightning, though, would they? A good like you know what like uh, like if, if something like furry gets electrocuted all, all the hairs stand <laughs> up straight <laughs> like your man is just like static so like you do your like lightning charge think it looks really cool but you just go poof and you just look like a really Aww. fluffy cat yeah <laughs> so cute uh, or, or um, I'm not adorable they get a perm <gasps> they get a perm so yes. all the fur yeah. is really frizzy or real curly real I love curly. these powers though yeah you mentioned the voltaic slash which you get at third level with mm-hmm. the path of aggression and that's mm-hmm. where you learn the lightning charge force power uh, I guess and that's I guess that like charges up your lightsaber with uh, with your with lightning energy essentially mm-hmm. 
uh, and then thunderous momentum. Uh, mm. Is the shocked condition that you become immune to, is that basically like stunned? Oh, so it's actually new for Star Wars 5e. So uh, shocked is one of the new conditions they made. Uh, and basically, if you get shocked, you can't use your reaction that round. Uh, and I think there's your bonus action, too. You can't use a, you can either use an action or a bonus action uh, on your next uh. turn. Okay, so oh, like a mini stun. Yeah, like a mini yeah. stun, yeah. Or yeah, like, yeah. Slow, yeah. yeah. yeah like slow. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, entropic Rush. Uh, when you move at least half your speed before casting Lightning Charge, you make the attack roll with advantage. Additionally, on a hit, the Lightning can leap a second time to a third creature within range or back no. to the first creature. So you're just like chaining. You're, you're, like, you hit one person and Lightning just arcs <laughs> through multiple people. Oh, uh, this man. is sick. This Living is so Current. Cool. So this is just like high Lightning power. Uh, mm. this is, it mm. seems like, um, you can deal, uh, I guess kinetic is kinetic, uh, damage, another kind of damage, another damage type that was created. Oh, definitely. So the way they did it with the system, uh, is versus seven, like bludgeoning, piercing, and, um, slashing, uh, they put all those into kinetic and they've added a couple other de- damage types too. Oh, okay. So any physical will fall under that kinetic barrier. Oh, that makes right. a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I guess as well, because when you're dealing in these kind of like more futuristic terms, bludgeoning, piercing and slashing, probably that most things will have, you know, if you had like futuristic armor, it probably wouldn't make that much difference, which one <laughs> it was, you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe bludgeoning because it'll turn your insides into soup, but like otherwise, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of the same, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, I, we gotta get some fan art uh, of Darth Lumps. Darth Lumps, <laughs> the, the lightning charge, bring him to life. edgy saber wielding Wookie. This super edgy. Uh, yeah, this is very, this is very, very cool. I am so a hundred percent ready to play uh, some Star Wars Five E because this sounds like so much fun. And they're mm. quite honestly, I. Uh, I think I've become a bigger fantasy nerd than sci-fi through D&D, but I think like pre-D&D, I was probably leaning more towards sci-fi than anything else. So I'm very excited to see maybe if this can rekindle my my love of uh, of sci-fi now that I get to I can okay, cool. I can I can jump in with this. This sounds very really fun. Um so, but before we go, Tegan, we always have to ask the same question. Uh, to all of our guests, which is we have to ask for a tale from the table. Uh, if you have a Star Wars tale that jumps out at you, I feel like that would be very thematically appropriate. Mm. But equally, if you have a very bonkers one that's not Star Wars, it's just another TTRPG, you can absolutely share that one as well. Definitely. This will actually be one that where Jeremy's going to get his nickname from uh, as well. <gasps> so. Whoa, yes. backstory, yeah. law. law for the nicknames. Getting so, ready to uh, type. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my players uh they they'd done a job for a hut uh and the hut offered them a ship but to get the ship they had to kill one of the hut's rivals uh and they were trying to find like they, they came up with a really good infiltration plan to get inside the hut's lair like i'm like nodding behind the the, the computer screen like, yeah this will work this will work uh but then they decided to go wacky uh and so they're like the hut likes beast uh like exotic animals let's go buy it a crazy animal and bring it in and say we're paying homage to it uh so they uh went to uh they're on now now Hutta, so the hut home world uh and they found this exotic pet, pet store uh and there were a couple different options there was like one that was like super safe like it was exotic it doesn't i forgot what I, it was but it didn't do anything too crazy they could easily manage it uh but then one of them's like 
There's an accolade here. Let's get the accolade. Uh, and the accolades for everybody from episode two, that big praying mantis one that like uh, slashed that Padme. Uh, so they got a baby accolade. So younger, but still like pretty potent. Uh, so they they had it. They put a shot collar on it initially, uh, and then let it outside the shop. But one of the players who played a Mando, uh, a little bit of a crazy Mando, uh, decided let's take the shot collar off. Uh, let's see what it does. Why? <laughs> Why? See, I already I already know I'm gonna like this story because I can already tell by the tone of your voice that you made them suffer for this decision, and <laughs> rightly <Yeah>. so. <laughs> so they, they suffered a couple times for this decision. <laughs> oh, boy. Wasn't just one time. Oh, boy. Back. <laughs> they, uh, so they took it off, and the Vando took it off, and then he got slashed up by the accolade. Like, it almost downed him in one turn. Like, he got a crit, and then like it, just, it hit really hard oh. that first turn. Uh, but I forgot who one of the Force users was able to get the, uh, the shot collar back on. Uh, but rather than like abandoning said plan, they're like, okay, if this doesn't work out, we'll bring the accolade there. We'll take the shot collar off again, and he'll go to Rampage as a distraction. Uh, which Rampage, like they, they forgot they'd be part of said Rampage. Yeah. Uh, so, mm. uh, so they uh, they went the net with the hut. Uh, Diplomacy went terrible. Like the, this, uh, they tried to talk the hut out of it, and they uh, basically they had a hard time of it. The hut made them check their weapons before coming to the fortress too, so they had some hidden weapons on them, but not like their best stuff. Uh, but then they let the the accolade go uh, while they were, after the negotiations went sour. Uh, the accolade went after them like for the first few bits because they were the closest <laughs> ones to it. Uh, so they downed one of them, uh, and they just kind of was, it was just going crazy, and they're fighting so the they hut. Just, they just let it go like. <laughs> They had it, and they just went, go get them. And then they just turned around and went, no, I'm going to get you. You're right here. The meal is here. Why would I move? Go get him, boy. Go get him. Yeah, none, yeah, of, yeah. none of them had animal handling. It's Star Wars, and we have animal handling still, but none of them had that. I, I gave them a couple rolls, too. It's like, if it'll do like anything that they want to, they biffed the rolls. Uh, and they're, So they're fighting the hut, the guards, and Je- oh. That's part of where the nickname came from. So the Mando named the accolade Jeremy. <laughs> so it was Jeremy the accolade. <laughs> uh, so Jeremy the accolade uh, is attacking them. Uh, the hut has one of them choked, a grappled, choked, and slamming them into the ground. Uh, and they barely, I thought I was going to wipe them, uh, but they barely came through. Uh, and they actually did manage to save Jeremy the accolade's life. Uh, they stunned him. Uh, I think they just left him in the hut splat palace after they, they killed the hut. So he's probably rampaging around. Uh, but he's, Jeremy the accolade is still out there. Um, he has to oh come man. back. Jeremy the Accolade <laughs> oh, yeah. has to come Fan back. Yeah. That's so good. That's and for so the record, Accolades are the praying mantis thing that attacks, was it Obi-Wan? In, pa- in, Padme, I think, yeah. With, Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that that fought that the attacks Padme oh, in uh, attack in the, the Colosseum. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> this, that, so, that was like the nastiest one of all the things that came yeah. out in the Colosseum bit. That was yo, absolutely not. They are they uh, they 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 wild. That they, that is ridiculous. That's a ridiculous decision. I'm honored to take there. that as a nickname. This is a, <laughs> yeah. this is tremendous. Yeah. If you guys ever want to watch that one, we actually do have because this is one that we streamed too, and we've got it on our YouTube channel, Dungeon Jedi Masters. Oh, uh, it's session five of Hunted, I believe. Uh, so I need to, to see s- this foolishness <laughs> up close because uh, yeah, I need to see, I need to see the, the moment that I that they make this terrible decision <laughs> to oh, take the shot collar no. off this thing. Sorry, no. I looked it, it up. I shouldn't yep. have looked it up. Oh yeah. no, <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's real bad. It's real janky. It's yeah. real janky. 
not good. Uh, yeah, it's it's like a fleshy, monstery mantis. It's like not it's good. Very, it's very cool and scary, but it's oh, not it's very when you want terrifying. to attack you. <laughs> no. no, no. And the last thing I would do is do anything to have it not under my control if that was an option. You know what I mean? Uh, leave the shock collar on. Always leave the shock collar on. I think so. I felt bad, I'll be honest. At like at the, at the start of the story when you'd said they put a shock collar on it, I was like, oh man, like, oh, come on. And then I saw it and was like, no, put it on, put it on, put it back on. Put that thing on that thing. Oh my God. Uh, well, that is a brilliant story. Uh, that is really, really fun. And um, I'm already, I'm thinking, uh, like, Jerry, I, need, I think you need to crack out the list of potential one shots or whatever because yeah, we I'm have already to play thinking, this. My mind, yeah, we my have been to. Working during this, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, in the meantime, whilst I now probably go and spend the next eight hours creating <laughs> seventeen or so different possible characters for that one one shot, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell all of the halflings where they can find more of you on the Tinterwebs? Definitely. So uh, check us out at DungeonJediMasters.com. Uh, that has links to our Twitter, our YouTube, uh, where we post some how-to videos and our podcast, uh, which goes over the system in a ton of depth. Uh, so check those out if you want to learn more about it. We've got breakdowns for each of the classes, the changes, and kind of what you can expect moving from regular 5e to Star Wars 5e, and just how to really have fun in the galaxy far, far away. Uh, so check that out there. Um, also for Twitch, check me out at Tegan DJM. Uh, I'm streaming a new campaign, Invasion, uh, which is Star Wars 5e with uh, the Yuzon Vogue invading the Old Republic. So uh, we just had our first session will be on the second uh, of February. So every other Tuesday uh, at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, definitely been a blast so far. And so we've got other actual plays on our YouTube, too, for content, our old campaigns. And uh, Todd has some viz up there with the Living Force and uh, Tempest Feud as well, just so you can kind of get a feel for how the system plays in reality. Uh, so check those out. Uh, and then uh, for my buddy Todd, he's running uh, uh, a new uh, kind of a three-shot game uh, for Hut Space. Uh, that's going to be starting uh, next week in February, so the 16th, I believe. Uh, so check that out too. Uh, at Todd Moonbounce on Twitch. Uh, but we've got a ton of actual plays and just how to. It's just a great way to get into the system because it can be overwhelming at first. Uh, just really break it down to make it a little bit manageable uh, and make it fun when you start off. Hell Amazing. yes, and Absolutely. hopefully we can make it a little more. We can make it fun as well because uh, we're definitely gonna have to play this. We, we, yep. I'm gonna make us it, play it this. It must happen. It must happen. <laughs> yep. uh, indeed, I want to fight uh, one of these accolades. So actually, no, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't. I don't. Actually. Return uh, to Jeremy the accolade. Return. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring <laughs> back. Can I play oh. the accolade? <laughs> <laughs> oh it's PvP now. It's PvP now. Yeah. Um. Uh. Awesome. Well, uh, that is. Uh, thank you so much, Tegan, for giving up the time, coming on and talking to us about that. I think it's really really cool um i've uh, i'm a fan of uh, reskinning existing systems and things because i think it makes it uh, nice and accessible and i think absolutely it is uh it's if you don't have the time or the headspace to 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 get to learn a whole new system uh especially if they're like in any way similar because it can get just super confusing at times uh i i think this is a, a great way to potentially uh, run yourself a super awesome sci-fi adventure uh and i can't wait to see what happens in the stars uh but in the meantime uh live where can people find you on the tinterwebs oh they can find me on uh, twitter at does dark magic thank you sweet and jeremy <laughs> where can i find you on twitter uh you can find me at jeremy cobb one cobb with two b's the number one yeah and you can find me at jw underscore cartwright and the show at three that's the number three black 
Halflings. Uh, you can also find us over on Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings. And we have merchandise. I'm literally wearing one of the shirts, the uh, t-shirts right now. It looks dope. And uh, I love it. It's very, very comfortable and very well made. So go uh, check out the merch. We will see you very soon. So long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk. So long, Shire Folk. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So long. <laughs> yes. 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 We love yes. it every time somebody does a so long Shire folk. It's the best. Po- it's the best part of any episode. It's the end of the show, which means we have to thank some amazing people who have signed up to the Three Black Halflings Patreon. If you would like to check out the Three Black Halflings Patreon, you can by going over to patreon.com forward slash tbhalflings. The link is as always, will be in the description below as we are closing in on a stretch goal uh, for 550 patrons. We are under 100 patrons away, which is amazing, and we are cruising uh, towards that goal because we have had so many amazing people sign up. So uh, without further ado, let me thank some awesomeness that came over to the Patreon is enjoying all the content that you get over there. So, I would like to start off by thanking Mark E. Hennigan, Lars Walter, Cherry Cardenas, Emma Laurie, Rue Cedric, G-Rod, Samuel Bruis, Brittany Reed, Ash L. Saad, Tate Horscott, Jason Masielik, Miles R. Harris, Everett Park, Dan Lynch, Samantha Neverson. It was in capital letters, so I had to. I'm sorry. I, I just had to. Sorry if I blew out anyone's ears there. Nathaniel Scott, Malcolm Johnson. Thank you so much to all these people. Who, uh, you are amazing. And I can't thank you enough for your support. Uh, we are, like I said, getting very, very close to that stretch goal already. Uh, there have been so many more people uh, signing up recently. I want to say thank you so much. Uh, if you go over to the Patreon, you'll be able to see a schedule of all the different things that we release and when we release them so you can see the kind of content that you uh, will get and you can see on what tier you will receive said things as as well so a huge huge thank you to all those people that have signed up we love you so much you are amazing and we will see you next week so long shire folk that was a headgum podcast <laughs>